As we begin our message today, I want to ask you to close your eyes for a moment if you feel comfortable doing that. And I want you to project forward to the end of 2020. To think forward to kind of that time in late November, early December, you know that time of the year when we look back and we say, what happened to the year? Where did the year go? A time when we spend some time reflecting on the events and the things that have happened, the things that maybe haven't happened that we had hoped would happen. So I want you to close your eyes and try and imagine yourself at that point at the end of this year. And I want you to imagine what your hopes and dreams are at that moment. What do you hope that you'll be able to look back on that's unfolded throughout 2020? For some of us, the answer to that question may simply be, I'm still here. For some of us, because of age, because of health, because of things that are going on for us, as we project forward to the end of this year and think about what that looks like, we may simply say, well, I hope that I'm still around. For some of us, we might say, I hope that I'm still standing, that as we begin this year, there are some significant challenges that are around us, whether those are relational challenges, financial challenges, uncertainty about what this year looks like, And so for some of us, as we project forward to the end of this year, our answer to that question is, well, I hope that I'm still going okay, that I've been able to make it through this year. For some of us, we have a high sense of expectation and excitement about this year. And so as we project forward and then look back on this year, we would say, well, I hope that there's a year of growth for me, that there's a whole bunch of things that I've discovered, a whole bunch of things that I've learned, a whole bunch of new habits that I've put in place, a whole bunch of things that I've been able to see unfold around me. Now inside of Care and Connection, as always, we have our teaching notes and up the top of our teaching notes there is a space for you to be able to jot something down. And so if there is anything that came to you as you did that exercise and that reflection, I would love you to just capture that and put it down there because uh, something you might want to look back on as we head through the rest of this month but also as we head through the rest of this year. So if there's anything specific that came to you about what your hopes and dreams are as you look forward to this year, I encourage you just to capture even if it's just a thought, a word or a phrase. For all of us, we can think of this year kind of like a path that's in front of us. And for some of us, we can have some clarity about what's on that path. We can maybe see some clear markers that are ahead of us. For others of us, it might be really, really cloudy, a little bit foggy, and we can't see very far down the path at all. But for all of us, God's got a path that's mapped out for us for this year. And in some ways, I think it's a helpful picture for us to recognise that Jesus is standing next to us right now. Kind of think of him almost with his hand extended saying, Would you like to take a walk? Do you want to come with me as we head into this year? For each one of us, Jesus has step after step, moment after moment, day after day, month after month, that's ahead of us this year. And he invites us to come with him on the journey that he's got planned out for us as we head into this year. So that might be another helpful image for you to say, what does the path that's ahead of me this year look like? What are some of the key steps that I can see on the path in front of me as I head into 2020? I'd also love you to do that exercise and think about us as a church family, not just for us individually, but for us collectively as a church family, as we think about this year, as we think about what it'll look like when we get to that first Sunday in Advent, 
that amazing service that we have, our family Christmas service where we have the kids act out the Christmas play, where we put the Christmas tree up, that moment that's kind of the beginning of the end of the year. What will it be like for us as a church family as we look back on 2020? Who will be the people who will be sitting here with us that aren't here with us right now? Who will have joined us through this year? What will be some of the key things that we'll look back on? What are some of the things that we've learned that God's taught us together as a church family? What are some of the ways that we can say that the community around us has been transformed because of what's happened as we go through this year? So today as we officially kick off this year and officially launch this year and throughout this next month, we're going to explore more about what all of that looks like, about what that path is that's mapped out in front of us, about what some of the key markers might be and about what God might be challenging us and encouraging us to move into in 2020. The reality is that if we want to experience new things in our lives, if we want to see some different things happen, if we want to see a different end of this year than what things are like at the start of this year, then we have to embrace some new ways of doing things. And a favourite phrase for me for some time has been this, nothing changes without us making changes. Nothing changes without us making changes. If we want to see new things happen in our lives, if we want to see new things happen in the life of our church as well, then we have to make some changes in order for those things to happen. Because if we just keep doing exactly the same things that we've been doing, then we should expect that things will probably stay the same as they are. And so again, as you think about this year, if there's things that you're hoping are going to change in your life, what are the changes that need to happen in order for you to end up seeing those changes become a reality? There's a few different categories that you might think about specifically within that. Perhaps you would think about your relationships and say, well, at the end of this year, I would like some of my relationships to be in a different place than where they are now. And that could be your family relationships in terms of your relationship with your spouse, if you have one, in terms of your relationship with your kids, if you have them, your relationships with your friends, your relationships with your neighbours, As you think about the people that are around you, are there some changes that you want to see to be able to have healthier relationships by the end of this year? If that's the case, what are the changes that need to happen? What are the things that need to be different, the new habits that need to be formed in order to end up where you feel like you want to go? In a work or a vocation context, we might feel frustrated, we might feel stuck in the place that we are, we might be feeling like things aren't moving forward, we might be feeling like there's a lot of struggles in our workplace, or if we're someone who our primary workplace is at home, we might feel a similar sense that there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on at home that we'd like to see different, different habits or different things about how the house is running or how relationships are playing out. Again, what needs to change in order to see those things change by the end of this year? For our students, as you guys head into, some of you, year 11, 12, university, but whatever year you're in at school, maybe this year you want to be able to get better grades than you did last year. You want to be able to be more focused on some of the things that you're doing. You might be trying to wrestle with some questions about what's ahead of you. What does the future hold? Where am I going to go after this year's over? Same thing. What are the changes that you need to put in place in order to end up at the end of this year where you know that you want to go? And for each one of us, I'm sure that we have a sense that our spiritual life can be in a healthier place at the end of this year. Regardless of how healthy it is now, there's always room for us to be able to grow. So it could be that sense of closeness 
to God, that sense of connection that we've got with God. How do I get that to a deeper place? My sense of understanding about who Jesus is, about what Jesus has done. A sense of being able to say that I know that I'm growing in my faith. In terms of being able to talk to other people about why I believe in Jesus. If there are changes that we want to see happen by the end of this year, then what are the things that we need to put in place in order to get to that place? So for some of us, we love this process of kind of dreaming about what could happen and about the changes that could be there and setting goals around that. For some of us, it's the worst thing ever. We're people who much prefer to just go with the flow and say, no, I don't want to set too many goals. What if something changes? I want to just leave myself open to whatever else might come my way. But this is a really important process to go through for me, regardless of how you feel about goal setting, because it really is a question about priorities. It really is a question about saying, God, as I head into this year, how do I make sure that the things that you want to make most important in my life are actually the most important things in my life? I don't know about you, but for me, it often is so easy to just roll through day after day, week after week, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff that just seems to get imposed on you. All of these other priorities, all of these other things that come your way, and you suddenly look back and you say, where'd that week go? What happened to the things that I was going to make a priority this week? It's so easy for that to become something that's a part of our lives. We just roll through day after day, week after week, ultimately month after month. And so for me, these questions are about wrestling with how I make the most of what God has given me. To recognise that I am in a very privileged position with all of the things that I've got. And so how do I steward those things well? And for us as a church, as we wrestle with these questions... I want to say the same thing, that we're in a very privileged position as a church family as we begin this year. We're in a place where we have an amazing group of people, passionate about Jesus, excited about the right things, where we have a really amazing sense of unity together, where we focus on the right things together. We've got this amazing facility that we've got that is so incredible for us. So many things that we have, a passion and a heart to stay focused on Jesus, a passion and a heart to reach out and engage with the community around us. So what do we do with that? How do we make the most of that? Because sadly, that's not the case for all churches. There are lots of churches that will start this year with some very different conversations than the ones that we have the privilege of being able to talk about. So again, this is a question about saying, how do we make the most of that? How do we steward well this amazing stuff that God has given us? And so through these next few weeks, we're going to talk about this from a number of different perspectives that fit with the core of who we are. Next week, we're going to talk about what it means to be a Jesus-centered church, for us to continue to focus on Jesus, and then for us to talk about what does it mean for us to continue to take steps in our walk with Jesus as we head through this year. What are the things that we can put into practice, the things that we can live out so that our spiritual life can continue to grow in 2020? The week after that, we're going to talk more about what it means to be spiritual family and some of the important things that we hold on to around that. But what does it look like for us to invest in the mindset of being spiritual family, the relationships that we've got, the sense of connection that we've got, the ability for us to be able to help other people to discover the difference that a spiritual family makes? And then the week after that, we'll talk about seeing lives change. This desire that we have to see people's lives transformed and to see the neighbourhoods around us transformed 
And so what are the things that we need to focus on this year in order to go in that direction? But I want to be really careful and say that this next month is not going to be a whole bunch of self-help lectures. Sometimes it's easy to kind of go down that mindset and say, oh, great, here's all these things that I have to do. So now I feel even more weighed down. I've got all these things that I have to make sure that I focus on as I go into this year. I want to recognise that all of this, again, is about the path that God has got mapped out for us and being able to walk in partnership with him. But there is this weird paradox in that, that, yes, it's all about what God's doing, yes, it's all about what God wants, but at the same time, we have the responsibility to make the choices that enable those things to happen in our lives. So as we move into this year, we want to kind of continue to come back to this question of what is God up to? How do we hear what God is saying to us? How do we learn how to listen to what he's got for us and then move forward into that? And so that's why this passage that we're looking at today is so helpful. This comes from the book of Colossians, a letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. And uh, we did a series on the book of Colossians uh, at the end of 2018 called Unrestrained. And so if you weren't around or you want a refresher on that, you can go back to our website or to our podcast and you can have a listen to that if that's helpful. But Paul writes this prayer to the church in Colossae. And I think that if Paul was writing to us now, today, he would probably say some very, very similar words. And I think this is a beautiful prayer for us as we think about what 2020 can be all about. And so again, you've got your teaching notes there and listed in there is all of the different things that Paul emphasises. And so as we go through this list, I want to encourage you to say, is there one of these things that jumps out at me? Is there one of these things on this list, in this prayer, that I feel like could be a big point of emphasis in 2020? So, Paul begins in verse 9, saying, We ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will, with all the wisdom and understanding that his spirit gives. That's a pretty good prayer for the year, to be able to say, How can I be filled with the knowledge of God's will? But what Paul says there is that that knowledge and that understanding comes from the Spirit, who is God himself. So this isn't us trying to work it out ourselves, go on some mystery hunt. This is the Spirit of God giving us the wisdom and understanding that comes from God himself to be able to understand what God's will is for us. When we read about wisdom and understanding, it's not just about intellectual knowledge. It's about what we do with that. It's about putting into practice the things that we already know. It's not about having all of the answers, but about knowing what to do with what we already do know. So that's a great prayer for us to say, God, as I head into this year, I want to be filled with the knowledge of your will. I just want to understand in a deeper way what your plans are, what it is that you want me to do in my life. Paul continues in verse 10 and says, Then you'll be able to live as the Lord wants, and you'll always do what pleases him. So the purpose of being filled with the knowledge of God's will is to be able to then live the way that Jesus wants us to be able to live and to do what pleases Jesus. We don't do this out of a sense of obligation. We don't do this out of a sense of fear that if I do the wrong things and I'm going to get told off or God's going to turn his back on me. We do it as we do in all of our relationships, that when we love someone... We want to please them. That's just the way that relationships work. So in our relationship with God, in our relationship with Jesus, that should be our focus too. How do I live the way that pleases Jesus? Doing the things that he wants me to do. 
But we know that with Jesus, it's more than just about what we do. It's about why we do the things that we do, our hearts, our motives, what's going on inside of us as well as the actions. And one of the things that's important to name here is that this isn't about seeking perfection. Sometimes when we think about what it looks like to live the way that Jesus wants us to live, we can think, oh, great. Again, here's all this weight of responsibility. I have to live the way that Jesus wants. I've got to get everything right. And if I mess up, then there's consequences of that. For me, I think a helpful saying is that our lives are not about perfection, but about direction. It's not about perfection, but it's about direction. But as I think about what it looks like to please Jesus, my focus is not on trying to be perfect in that because I'm guaranteed that I'm going to fail. The question is about the direction of my life, the trajectory that I'm on. That if I keep walking in the direction that I'm going, if I keep going the way that I'm walking now, will that mean that I look more or less like Jesus? Will that mean that I'm pleasing Jesus more or less? So I want to focus on my trajectory and say, if I keep going in this direction, is that going to make me more Jesus-centred or not? And if it's not, then I want to course correct and get back on track with where he wants me to go. Paul then prays that we'd be able to produce all kinds of good deeds in our lives. So the things that we do are not just about us, but these are things that produce good in other people's lives as well. That as we serve the people we're connected with, as we serve all of the different circles that we go in day by day, we have the opportunity to allow good things to happen, the greater good to grow. Helping people, serving people, loving people, being kind to people, doing things that make a difference in other people's lives. And then Paul also says that he prays that we can grow in our knowledge of God. And it's interesting that he puts those two things together, that he says your lives will produce all kinds of good deeds and you will grow in your knowledge of God. But there is actually something about when we put these things into practice, when we focus on doing the things that Jesus wants us to do, it actually helps us to understand God better. Those two things just somehow work together all the time. And then Paul says this beautiful statement, may you be made strong with the strength that comes from God's glorious power. May you be made strong with the strength that comes from God's glorious power. And that is massively encouraging to me. Because again, sometimes we can feel weighed down with all of these things. I've got to do all this stuff. I've got to find the strength to keep going. I don't know how I can keep pushing through. Paul says don't. Our focus should be relying on the strength that comes from God's glorious power. So remind ourselves about who God is. This is the God who created the universe, who spoke life into being. His power is the strength that's available to us on a daily basis. And as we head into this year, it's not about us trying to just push through and find the strength to keep going. It's about us saying, God, how do I rely on your strength in greater and greater ways as I make my way through this year? Then Paul throws out a pretty big challenge. He says, so that you may be able to endure everything with patience. So that's a bit of a challenge as we head into this year. What does that look like? To say, as I go through this year, am I excited about the idea of enduring everything with patience? That's a little bit challenging for me. (laughs) Being able to endure everything, being able to persevere, knowing that this year there will be some hard things that come along my path. It's not going to be just all easy sailing. There's going to be some challenges. So can I ask God to help me to endure, to persevere during those times and to be patient, to not have my agenda as the number one thing in my life, but to have God's agenda 
to wait for God's timing on the things that God has got for me. And then ultimately, he prays that we can give thanks with joy. And we've talked a lot before about the importance of practicing gratitude because that produces joy in our lives and it changes our perspectives and our mindsets. It's one of the key habits that I'm focused on this year, that in my journaling every day, that's where I'm starting. It's to say, I want to find at least three things that I can be grateful for that have happened from the day before. And I start my day with that mindset. Not starting my day with, oh, I've got all these things I need to focus on. Not starting my day with, these are all the things that I'm frustrated about. Starting my day with, this is what I'm grateful for. And every night, I'm trying to finish my day the same way. That as I turn my light out and then start to go to sleep, I want to say, God, thank you for these things that happened today. And they don't need to be massively significant things. Sometimes they're really simple things, like just having a roof over my head. But practicing gratitude is something that changes our perspectives, changes our perceptions about what's going on around us. And it is something that then produces joy in our lives. Paul sums all of this up with the reason why we should focus on all of those things. And if you're looking for a couple of verses that beautifully articulate everything about what's so great about the amazing good news about Jesus, I think these are pretty good. In verses 13 and 14, Paul writes, Jesus rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear son, by whom we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. That's a pretty great way to focus on what's at the core of what we believe. That we've been rescued from darkness. We've been taken from darkness where there's fear, where we can't see the way ahead, where we don't know what's going on, into light where we can see things accurately, where we can see the way forward. We've been made safe. We've been made secure. We've been set free. We're no longer in slavery to our own needs, to what other people say about us, to what other people think about us. We've been given freedom in our lives and we've been forgiven. We don't have to let any of the things that have happened in our past hang over us, all of them have been forgiven. All of the mistakes that we've made, all of the times that we've messed up, all of that's been dealt with and forgiven through Jesus. That's the core of what we believe. So that's why Paul says, so make the most of that. Understand more about what that looks like and then put that into practice in your life. So practically speaking, what does this mean? Sometimes when we read scripture like this, I feel a bit overwhelmed because that's a lot of stuff to try and put into practice and think about. So here's the challenge that I said earlier. I would love you to just pick one of those things. Don't try and do all of it because that's a little bit overwhelming. But as you start this year out, is there one of those that jumps out at you? One of them that seems to be, yes, that's the one that I think God wants me to focus on a little bit more as I head into this year. What's interesting is that all of them are either about the discernment, about understanding more about God or about God's will and what God's up to, Or it's about relying on God's strength and God's power to put those things into practice. Those are the two things that Paul emphasises there. So as you look at that list, is there one that jumps out at you? And if there is, is it about waiting on God, listening to God, understanding more about God? And if that's the case, how are you going to do that? Are you going to carve out some time to be able to sit with God? to do some journaling, to do some reflecting, to spend some time being able to say, God, help me understand more about you. 
Help me understand more about what you're saying to me, more about what you're asking me to put into practice. Or is it something that's more action-oriented? To say, God, I know that you want me to live this out in a greater way in my life. So help me to rely on your strength and your power as I do that. That it's not just about me having to do all these things. It's about me doing that with the strength that you give me. As you head into this year, which one of those is jumping out? And practically speaking, what does that look like? As we head into this week, as we kind of head into this year, is the question that I would love us to reflect on as we wrap up our message this morning. We spent a bit of time saying, okay, if I imagine forward to the end of 2020, if I think about those things, what do I see? I want to reframe that question and ask it a different way. What does God see at the end of 2020? The God who exists outside of time, the God who sees the end from the beginning, what does he see at the end of 2020 for you as you head into this year? What does he see for us as a church? I want to encourage you not to necessarily think about that right now, but to take some time during this week to pray into that. To say, God, help me have a better understanding about what it is that maybe you're challenging me about, maybe you're encouraging me about, maybe you're pushing me into as I go into this year. Take some time to pray about that through this week because through the next few weeks, we're then going to keep coming back to this question. I'm going to provide some resources and some tools to be able to help us as we continue to move forward in that. But I'd love us to start with a sense of saying, this is what I'm hearing God saying for me, but also this is what I'm hearing God saying for us as a church family together. And if there are any things that you get that you sense that God's saying to you about us as a church family, would certainly love to hear those things, to be able to put that together with the other things that we're processing as a board as we head into this year. So my hope and my prayer for us is that we can think about that idea of a path that's ahead of us, that as this year unfolds, it's just about taking step after step after step. We don't have to feel overwhelmed about what might be 10 steps or 20 steps or 100 steps down the road. Just have to focus on the reality that Jesus is standing with us, right next to us. And that as we then move into this week, it's just about taking the next step in partnership with Jesus with all that he's got for us. So I'm going to pray that we could have a sense of what that looks like and a sense of encouragement about what it means to move forward with Jesus as we head into this week and this year. Let's pray. God, we thank you for those amazing verses that we've read that you have rescued us from the power of darkness, that you have brought us safe into the kingdom of your dear son, Jesus, that we are set free, that our sins are forgiven. We thank you that that's true, that as we begin this year, that's the truth of how you see us, that's the truth of what you've done for us, that's the truth of where we are. And I ask that that would be the platform on which we launch into this year. A sense of gratitude for all that you've done for us, a sense of confidence for all that you've done for us, and a sense of freedom for all that you've given to us. That far from feeling weighed down, far from feeling like this year is about us trying to earn your love or earn your favour, we can start this year with a sense of excitement and enthusiasm about what's ahead of us. And as we move into that, 
I pray for a clear sense of what the path is that's in front of us, for us as individuals, for us as a church family, that you would help us to be able to see a little bit down the road, just enough to be able to have that sense of being able to move forward in anticipation. For those of us who start this year feeling like we're overwhelmed, feeling like there are some massive mountains that are in front of us on that path, I pray that you would help us to rely on the strength that comes from your glorious power, to know that we don't have to try and just push through, but to be able to rely on your strength. And that as we do, to be able to persevere and to be patient as your plan unfolds in front of us and as we take step after step with you. For those of us who do have a sense of expectation about what this year is about, I pray that you would continue to raise our sense of vision to help us see things the way that you see them, to help us see our lives the way that you see them, to see our church the way that you see it, to see our community the way that you see it. And again, to be able to take step after step in partnership with you, Jesus, into all that you've got for us. Thank you for your amazing love for us. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Help us to make the most of that as we head into 2020. In your name we pray. Amen.